Welcome to PSO in the Know, the podcast that puts a spotlight on the impact of psoriasis. Together, and one PSO story at a time, we'll let people with psoriasis know they're not alone and encourage them to speak up and seek the help they deserve. I'm Cindy Lauper, and I was diagnosed with psoriasis in 2010. As a performer, this chronic condition took an immense toll on me, and I did everything I could to hide my flare-ups. Then I met with a psoriasis specialist. He told me I had options, and I discovered a treatment that works for me, and I got back to performing live again and doing all the things I used to love to do. I believe it's time to lift the curtain on psoriasis and set the stage for change. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to PSO in the Know. On today's episode, I'm excited to be talking with Dara Torres. Dara is a 12-time Olympic medalist and a former world record holder in three events. Dara is the first swimmer to represent the United States in five Olympic Games, and at the age of 41, the oldest swimmer to earn a place in the 2008 U.S. Olympic team. Dara was diagnosed with psoriasis in her early 20s, and competing as an Olympic athlete, she was regularly under stress, but would not let her psoriasis hold her back while competing in the Olympic Games. This episode of PSO in the Know is sponsored by Novartis Pharmaceutical Corporations. Dara, thank you so much for being here today. How you doing? Oh, I'm good. I appreciate you having me on, and I'm excited to talk to you, and I'm a huge fan. So, um, you know, I grew up in the 80s, so I love your music. Oh, thank you. There's so many aspects of your life that I find interesting because for me, you know, uh, Patti Smith once told me I was a late bloomer, you know, and, and it's true, you know, everything happened later, including psoriasis. When did you first have your symptoms? What were the first symptoms that you noticed that you had psoriasis? Well, I was in my 20s and um, I started to get flaky skin on my elbows and my back. And because I'm in the pool all the time, I'm outside, I'm in the sun, I'm in chlorine. You know, and back then, like nowadays, the pools are much better, but back then it was like pure chlorine. And so I just thought I'd picked up something from the pool. And I kept putting lotion on it and, um, you know, oil and just stuff to get the dryness out. And it just wouldn't go away. And I, for a while, just kept it there and was doing everything I could and finally got to the point where, you know, it was very bothersome. And I didn't want people to ask me, well, what is it on you? Is that contagious? Can I get it? And so I finally went to a dermatologist who then diagnosed me with psoriasis. Yeah. Well, I thought I had, um, mine started on my scalp and I thought I had, um, you know, some kind of bugs or whatever because my kid played hockey and, you know, they always come back with the helmets and they're like, you know, disinfect everything, you know, <laughs> use this yeah. shampoo, you know, so. I thought, it's funny you say that because my daughter yesterday, I, I took her to the dermatologist because she had white flakes on her skin and in her ear and I was like, Tessa, I said, I have a feeling this might be psoriasis, you know, at 16. And we went to dermatologist and sure enough, she has psoriasis, I guess, just like what you had on her scalp and inside her ear. And she's really bummed. But I think now there are so many different products out there that yeah. 
different back when I think we were diagnosed, you know, so, you know, the doctor tried to reassure her that, you know, you're in a much better situation than you were, you know, if you were your mom's age back at 16 years old. So, you know, yes, there are many options now, many, many options. Um, I am just, you know, curious because I think even the listeners might want to know more about you personally. What was it like growing up in LA? Because you're from LA. You're an LA yes. native. I grew so, up in Beverly Hills. Oh my goodness. Yeah. When did you start swimming? I was just always kind of bouncing off the walls, just had so much energy. And my mom had taken me to the pool when um, my brothers were on a swim team. And I was just running around in the bleachers and just, you know, had so much energy. My mom was finally like, all right, I'm just going to put her in and, you know, have her start swimming. And I just immediately fell in love with it. But my mom was really good. I mean, there's six of us and uh, we had a pool in our backyard and she was very smart about having us in the pool at a very young age and learning like if we fall in the pool, how to get to the edge. And so she was very smart about that. But as far as like being on a team, I was probably about seven or eight years old and it was because I wanted to do what my older brothers wanted to do. Yeah, that that turned out great for you. Um, and uh, so she saw right away you were gifted. You'd have to see that, you know. Well, yeah, you know, I thought I was. And then I started looking back at a few years ago. I was looking back at photo albums that my mom made for me. And I saw like purple ribbons and green ribbons. I'm like, wait, I thought like first was like blue ribbons, you know, and at 11th place. And I'm like, oh, maybe I wasn't that good when I was younger. So I think early, early on, it was, you know, just sort of a free for all. And I just swim. But as I got a little bit older and got into like 11, 12 years old is when I really sort of started to flourish and and really fall in love with the sport. Oh, that's that's a great story. I mean, it's great that you you fell in love with it first and then you started to compete. But you were always competitive with your brothers, right? Because if you're the youngest, you it's just a given. <laughs> yeah, I have a younger sister and she was really kind of the girl of the family and I was always the tomboy. And so she was just very calm and sweet and I was just like rambunctious and I had to be the first one done at the dinner table and I had to be the first one in the car and sit in the front seat and it, everything was a competition for me. Even though my brothers weren't really competing with me, it was just in my head. It's like, I have to beat them. And so it's always kind of been, I think, my makeup. When I read about you, that's one thing that they kept saying that that was the way you were, very competitive. So what was it like to go to your, the first Olympic Games in Los Angeles in 84. I mean, that must have been extraordinary because you were from Los Angeles. Yeah, you know, at first when I when I made the Olympic team, I'm like, oh, LA, we don't get to travel anywhere. But then I realized, you know, it actually was a, a good thing because my friends and my family were able to come to Olympic Games, unlike other ones that were in like Korea or Australia, where it wasn't that accessible for people to come and, and pay and go to an Olympic Games. And so... In, in that regard, it was great to be in front of a hometown crowd and everyone cheering for you. And, um, you know, L.A. put on a great job. There was a lot of uh, talk before the Olympics that, you know, how are they going to handle the traffic and, and the smog? And it just for some reason, those two weeks, it was like clear skies, great weather, no traffic. And so it really turned out to be a wonderful uh, Olympic Games for my first Olympics. I know you retired. You had a kid. And then you came out of retirement at the age of 41 to compete in the 2008 Olympics. Now, everybody says, you know, oh, you know, 
when you get to this age and you get to that age. But the truth for me is when, when I got to my 40s, the, my voice just opened. And in my 50s, my voice was like, oh, you know. So how is it for you swimming? I, I, I guess you, though, are quite different from, I think, other humans because you're in great shape, right? Well, yeah, I do stay in shape. And I think that's one of the things that probably helped me. You know, every time I retired, I never thought I'd retire and come back. It was just like, okay, I'm done. But exercise is very important to me. I love the way it makes me feel on the inside, relieve stress. I love the way it makes me look on the outside. And so it's always been important. And I think having been involved with exercise almost every day in between, you know, my Olympic Games, I think that helped a lot. Um, yeah, you know, it's funny because when I went to my third Olympics in 92, I was 25 years old and I was the oldest on the team and they would call me the grandma because that was considered super old because you didn't really see, uh, athletes competing past college. You know, you graduated 23 and then you move on with your life. And so, uh, that was kind of an anomaly back then. And so when I kept making these comebacks, by the time 08 rolled around, you know, it wasn't like I was thinking about it. This light bulb went off and I wanted to do this. It was just that I had um, these other athletes that were uh, master swimmers, which is like sort of ages 21 till 100. And um, I had gone to master's meet just for fun. And they kept saying, you know, you're swimming so well, you should try for an Olympics. I'm like, I just had a kid and she's only three months old. And, you know, I, there's no way I can do this. And But just the pressure of these these uh, other, you know, swimmers coming up and saying, oh, you should do this. I finally was just like, all right, I'll do it. The first thing I did is I went to my orthopedic surgeon. I said, hey, um, you know, I'm thinking about making a comeback. Can you just take x-rays of my body and make sure like everything's okay? And he looked at me like I was nuts. He's like, all right, if that's what you want. I, I said, well, I don't know what it can show, but I just want to make sure my bones aren't too old and that I can do this. So he did that. And then it was sort of a process. I had to find a sponsor and, you know, could a, could a coach, what coach could, you know, train someone who was 39 and had less than two years to try to make this Olympic team at 41. And, you know, so there are a lot of factors that went into it, but, you know, once you put like a team together and you all have the same goal, it's just, you know, go forward. And, I had no idea what was going to happen. I had no idea how my body would hold up. Um, I remember I tried to do the same workouts that the kids were doing who were, you know, I'm 39, 40, and these kids are, you know, 15, 16 years old on the swim team. And, um, you know, I, I realized very quickly that I couldn't do the workouts they were doing. And so in my head, it was like, okay, if I can't do the workouts they're doing, how am I going to make the Olympic team? My body didn't recover like the kids did, so I had to do less. And so it messed with my head a little bit. But once I got sort of the negativity out, I just put this goal up that I am making the Olympic team. And I'm going to win a gold medal no matter what happens. And I kept that goal the whole almost two years that I that I trained. And, you know, in retrospect, when I when I went to Olympic Games and, you know, I was able to medal at, at 41, you know, I thought, you know what, it's really amazing the power of positive thinking and what it can do for you. Yes, the training played a huge impact on it, but what you think in your head plays a lot too. And I realized that when I look back on you know, the training that I did and sort of what my thinking and my process was. For me, my exercise routine, which I go off of, and because it's a lot of singing and breathing, and so I have to be careful, but I have to do some weights, and I have to do the yoga to stretch everything, and I have to do the PT 
work <laughs> because of my age. And, you know, I usually do that first and then I do the weights and then I do some yoga, which is probably certainly not what you're doing. But I don't have the people. I have to research it better to have the people because every time I get a massage, it affects my voice. So it's a whole big scientific uh, experiment for me. <laughs> so what I want to know is, this is all fine and good and very inspiring, but what the heck happened when your psoriasis flared and you had to do all this stuff because it was difficult for me? So what happened with you? So um, for me personally, uh, you know, once I went to a doctor in my 20s, dermatologist, and he diagnosed us and gave me topical ointments for it and stuff, you know, I, I, I knew that swimming was kind of my life. I didn't know how to continue on into my 40s. But, you know, my, my business suit going to work is a swimsuit. That was my work. And so I had to be okay with it. And I think you know, like I said before, my, my, my fears were that people would look at me and be like, well, am I going to get that? You know, we're in the water together. Is it contagious? Like, what if I accidentally touch you? And so there were a lot of things that in my 20s I had to sort of deal with, but I realized like, I really don't care what people think, you know, and, and if they want to, you know, look at my psoriasis and zoom in on that and not my accomplishments and, you know, what I'm doing and hopefully paving the way for other, you know, older women and stuff, then, you know, that's their problem. And I think, I don't think I could say that in my younger years, but it's a lot easier to say now and not really caring what other people think and, and just, you know, trying to be there for people who are now like, like my daughter, like just starting off with this. And I told her, look, you know, I'm, I'll be with you through every step of the way. Her dad has really bad psoriasis and, you know, probably genetically she's, she's not, um, <laughs> she, she's more apt to get psoriasis because the both of us have it. But, um, you know, just, just to let people understand really that it's, it's, you know, not necessarily a horrible thing. And, yeah, you know, it, it doesn't necessarily look good and you have to cover up sometimes if you don't feel comfortable, but learn to start being comfortable in your own skin and, and just know that that's who you are and that's how you're made up. And, you know, I told my daughter, no one's going to love you less because you have psoriasis. And, you know, it's just all about just learning about it and learning to be comfortable in your own skin, I think is the biggest thing, considering that I spend my life in a swimsuit. I mean, for me, it covered my whole body, except for my, my face, my mug. Sometimes my eyebrows, they gave me a little tube and I would look at them and go, what do I do this little tube? Right. <laughs> I went on biologics because I just, I couldn't continue right. the way I was going. But everybody has their way of dealing with it. And a lot of people I spoke to, like, it's the stress. When the doctor said to me, oh, it's the stress, my whole life is stress. What are you talking about? My whole career is, you know, it's a stressful moment. Make sure you can rise to the occasion. You know, for me, if I start eating sugar, boom, here it comes. But, or, or alcohol, right? Did you notice what brought on flares? Did you fix your diet? What did you do? Mine wasn't diet related. It was definitely stress related. And I found when I was about two or three weeks before a very important swim meet, whether it's Olympic Games, Olympic trials, world championships, like nationals, is when I, you know, I start 
getting nervous inside. I get butterflies. It's hard to sleep at night. And that's when I find that um, the psoriasis pops up on my elbows and my low back. Um, so so that's definitely it. And, and you know, I, I, I never even thought about food. I mean, I, I never related to food. I didn't even, I mean, I eat sugar all the time. <laughs> Um, but, but it, it just seemed like I started to notice a pattern that it was before I would have stressful um, situations. Hmm. I always seem to have stressful situations. I think for me, the, because I always think the best thing I do is sing and the, that's, you know, I, I guess when you're swimming really fast and you're in the zone, it's like flying. And for me, when I would sing a high note and just the air compression and the vibration was such a rush that it's addictive, you know, and then you're always looking for that moment, you know, and, um, I just, I just worry. I always worry before I go on that, what if I don't sing good? What if I'm no good? What if I sing flat? What if, you know, all this stuff. And then, you know, I guess it's stress. So so what did you do? Did you meditate? Yeah, you know, um, exercise is what really helps me. But unfortunately, you know, exercise is a part, was a part of my job, which was swimming. Um, but, I, you know, for me, when I actually got to the event, like the Olympic Games, and, you know, obviously you, you, your heart's racing and all the stuff, all the nerves that you, the things that oh happen because of nerves, you know, and, but then it's so funny because then the minute I would step on the starting blocks and look down the lane in the water and it's such a peaceful environment, the water, you know, it's just, and then the whole crowd goes quiet because the swimmers need to hear the starters start the race. And it's just literally you hear the lights on up above and that just this calmness kind of comes over me, but um, it's hard to to deal with it, the onset of when the stress really starts, you know. And then you have to think, okay, like I need to go do something because I know I'm going to get psoriasis because I'm all stressed out right now. And even even emotional situations like marriages or you know a divorce or whatever, you know, they can become very stressful. And I see when that's when it pops up. But um, I do realize that when I take care of myself. And go do something to try to relieve the stress that it, or do some breathing exercises where I just have to take a deep breath and just, you know, try to relax and get, you know, the butterflies out and, you know, lower your heart rate. It does help me some. And, and I've noticed that as I've gotten older, um, being able to do that, because I didn't know that when I was younger. Yeah. You know, I would be such a good meditator if it wasn't for my brain. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> this goes a million miles an hour. <laughs> what about, emotionally, did the psoriasis ever affect you? It sounds like you didn't let it interfere. For me, when I get in stressful situations, that's when I have to like take a step back and realize that's what's going on. And, um, you know, for me, keeping my brain occupied with other things than whatever is stressing me out is really what helps me. Like when I'd go to swim meets, I would listen to, started off with a Walkman and then a Discman. And I would just always listen to music before I'd swim or after warming up. It was just my headphones were on and music is what really, you know, calmed me down. And, um, you know, I, I think I'm a lot more aware now as I've gotten older that when a stressful situation is coming up, 
I know, okay, I know what's going to happen if I don't do this, this, and this, you know, my psoriasis is going to pop up. And, you know, so I, I'm a lot more aware now. And it's not that I don't get it, but I try to be more aware within and with my emotions um, to try to keep it from getting way out of control. Or, um, you know, I, I've never had a situation where I'm I'm really stressed and I know what's coming on that it just goes away automatically. But I think you can kind of like, you know, use your breath, use your brain, you know, use your body to try to, you know, tame it, I guess is the best word. Yeah, I know. So I know what, what most people want to say to other people that you wish everybody knew about psoriasis, but I have to ask you, but I bet I could guess, but go ahead. That is not contagious. Bingo, yes. everybody. Everybody says that. That is like the, yeah. I, I think that's the biggest thing. Um, and, I know. you know, and I have to teach my daughter too, because when she was like, Mom, what's this? this? And it's like white flakes coming out. And she's like, Oh my God. And she was oh, so worried, word. like people are going to see it. Yeah. And um, so we just started using this stuff to put like this oily stuff to put on her head and to keep it from, and she has to use certain shampoos now and I have to put yeah, it in her ear. Yeah. 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 What I, uh, want to ask you is what advice would you give your younger self and i guess you're feeling that with your daughter because that's like your younger self yeah it kind of is she's she's sort of a mini me i think is to not worry so much what other people think um you know and it's hard at that age because you're a teenager and you know you're always worried about someone what someone thinks like it's just you're always worried about everything at that age and um you know it's hard to tell you know your younger self or even your your kid, you know, that it, it don't worry, you know, like your friends will be your friends. And those who don't understand or see something that, you know, they've never seen on you before. And what is that? You know, don't worry about what they think. You don't have to explain everything to everyone. Like the people who love you will always love you. And just, you know, everyone's going to say something. And and I, I actually learned that, you know, going into uh, when I was training for 08, um, you know, people were saying, oh, she's so old. How could she be doing this? Oh, wow. That's drag. Yeah, it was really hurtful. And, and there were lots of articles on that. And, you know, um, it just got to the point where I just stopped reading things. And and the people who knew I was doing it right, you know, uh, were supportive of me. I didn't really care what everyone else said, but, it, but there's no way I would have thought that in my younger self. So I would say, you know, don't worry about what other people are thinking. It's much easier said than done. And it's easier to do when you're older. But that would be my advice. No, I... I, I know. I always, you know, I, I stopped reading articles. I can't look at myself on TV. I can't look at myself in a photograph because then I always see, oh, look at your hair. You better fix that. Oh, you didn't sing that right. Oh, you should have, you know, should have, could have, would have. So I, I don't. I just try and put my best foot forward. But yeah, it's it's not an easy journey, but your journey has been quite extraordinary and your work ethic and how you you are so studious with exercise, which is so important for people, so important. You can't let that stuff go. I mean, I hurt my knee so I couldn't do aerobics. For singers, that's awful. You have to, yeah. you know. So I have to always find a way to still do the aerobics. So you know they have you know. this great uh, bike for arms that you can do. 
that um yeah, is I, awesome. I love yeah. That one. Yeah. And if you like for me, like I would I would never use like because I've had many injuries. Uh, an excuse to not do something. Like I, there's always something else you can do, you know, that if, if you really want to do it and you want to keep up your aerobic, you know, work or, you know, keep up your weights, you know, if you have one part of your body injured, you can do always find other things to do. Yeah, that's true. And I admire you so much because you keep going and and that's the, the best thing. Oh, thank you. And this is just a personal thing that I'm, you know, curious about, you had a meniscus tear. And how did you fix that? So I've had about probably 15 knee surgeries. And it's it's hard to imagine that because you're in a pool and you're swimming and how do you injure your knee? But a lot of our training was, um, you know, dry land training in the weight room and running and, you know, stadium stairs. And so it wasn't just swimming when we were, when we were, you know, training. But so really just, you know, surgery and, and, you know, starting the rehab and the PT right away. I mean, you know, you can sit around and make an excuse. Well, I just had surgery and I shouldn't be doing this, but oh no, no, you no. know, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I would, I would have a knee surgery and then I'd get on the floor and put like in a push up, push up position, but put my bad leg foot over my other foot and start doing push ups without using that, that leg, you know? And so I was always, you know, up and doing things. All right. Yeah. Well, that's, that is a great way to end this because you don't give up. Exactly. Right? Never give up. And, and you know, um, for me, I've had so many naysayers later on in my life and you can't do this, you're too old. And, you know, I try to take what people say and use it as fuel to prove them that they're wrong. And, um, you know, it's hard sometimes when you're not used to like a lot of negativity, but you can always turn around and make it into a positive. And so, for me, when the naysayers would say things, it would just pump me up even more and make me train even harder to show them that they're wrong. That's amazing. And that's very, in, that is very inspiring. I just want to thank you so much for taking the time and talking about your journey and how you deal with your psoriasis. And everyone deals with it differently. And there's 8 million of us in this country alone that have it. So remind your daughter, she's not alone. I will. And it's been a real honor talking to you. Like I said, you're one of the songs that I actually a few of the songs that I would play, you know, in my Walkman back in the 80s and leading up to my previous Olympics. So, um, you know, thank you. Girls just want to have just fun. Wanna have fun. Oh my gosh, best song. But then also like to go to sleep, I'd play some of your more, more mellow songs and stuff. And so you know, time after time and other songs. So, you know, I'm a, I'm a huge fan and it's just really been an honor talking to you. And I think it's wonderful that you're such an advocate for psoriasis. And I know a lot of people look up to you for that. And so thank you for that. Well, thank you. And thank you for your courage and your, your work and you continue to show people that age is a number. Thank you for joining us today on PSO in the Know, sponsored by Novartis. You can listen to more episodes at psointhenow.com.